Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church, building faith and friendship. Well, it was um, 50 days ago that we were celebrating Easter Sunday. And uh, it was Easter Sunday, we were celebrating the death of Jesus, how Jesus died for us so we could experience forgiveness of sins. But more than that, how Jesus rose from the dead, how he conquered death and he is alive today. Jesus physically rose from the dead. The tomb was empty. It was the same body. But yet it was a very different body to our body. It was a physical body, but it was a supernatural physical body that would not get sick, wouldn't decay, and it wouldn't die. So it was a physical body, but a supernatural physical body. And Jesus is alive Today, and this is the hope we have. If we put our faith in Jesus, then we have a hope of one day rising from the dead with a a new transformed humanity, a whole new humanity. A supernatural physical body that will never die, that will live forever. Okay, so that's the case. So if Jesus has physically risen from the dead and and is a physical body and he's alive today, then where is Jesus? I mean, how come we don't bump into him on the street? Walking down on a Sunday morning, we don't see him. Hopefully by now we all know that Jesus had ascended into heaven to be with his Father. And we read in Acts chapter 1 and verses 3 to 5, After his suffering, he, that's Jesus, presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. There was absolutely no doubt to the early followers of Jesus that Jesus had physically risen from the dead and was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days. And he spoke to them about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this commandment. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised which you have heard me speak about, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then we read in verse 9, After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. So 40 days after Jesus rose from the dead, the physical Jesus literally was taken up into the sky. And as he was taken up, suddenly he disappeared in a, car, in a cloud. He, he, he just disappeared. He moved from the earthly realm into the heavenly realm. He moved from our visible dimension into the invisible dimension where God lives. Now, of course, technically... Heaven isn't up in the sky. It's in another dimension. But the upward movement was a very clear sign that Jesus had now gone back to his Father in heaven. And the cloud is very significant. Unlike whales, a cloud in the sky was a very rare thing in Israel. (laughs) So the cloud is significant. And uh, a cloud in the Old Testament was, was a symbol for the very presence of God. So if you remember in the Old Testament, how the cloud enveloped the temple as a sign that God was now present in the, in, in the temple. And so the cloud is really communicating two things. It's, it's a symbol 
that Jesus was truly divine. Interesting, uh, again in the Old Testament, it, God is often depicted as riding the clouds. And in fact, in Daniel, it speaks about the Son of Man coming on the clouds to, into heaven. Also, of course, the cloud symbolized the very presence of God. It was a symbol that Jesus had returned into heaven. And if there was any doubt about this, if there had any doubt at all, it was then later confirmed by two angels. Verses 10 and 11. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going. They were standing there just awestruck. Suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said. Why do you stand here looking intently into the sky? The same Jesus who you, who was taken sorry the same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. So there can be absolutely no doubt to these early followers of Jesus that the physical Jesus had literally been taken up into heaven. And and they had to these early disciples had to witness this transition. They had to know. They had to be, it was a, a convincing sign that, one, Jesus was truly God, but two, that the physical Jesus had now left earth and returned to his Father in heaven. But why? Why would Jesus abandon us? I mean, why would he just leave us? Well, firstly, take note that it says that He will return. Just as He left, He will return. And this is our hope. Our hope is not that one day we're going to go and live with Jesus in heaven on a cloud. That's not our hope. Our hope is that one day Jesus is going to return to earth and restore all things and make all things new again so that we can live with Jesus on earth for all eternity. That's our hope. But what about the meantime? What about now? Why has He abandoned us now, left us alone? Well, Jesus ascended into heaven so that He could give us the Holy Spirit. So the physical Jesus has left earth so that through the Holy Spirit, Jesus can be spiritually present with us. His physical presence has left so that His spiritual presence can be with all of us all the time. Because of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is able to be present with each and every one of us in multiple locations simultaneously. And that's why Jesus said to His followers earlier in verses 4 and 5, Wait! For the gift my Father has promised. For you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And that's exactly what happened. About 10 days later, 50 days after Jesus had risen from the dead, we read in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, When the day of Pentecost came. Now, now Pentecost is one of the major annual harvest festivals of Judaism. And uh, it's called the Pentecost because it happens 50 days after the Passover. Uh, Pentecost simply means 50 days. And of course it was at the Passover festival that Jesus was crucified. So this is 50 days after Jesus has risen from the dead. 
And it was on this day that God chose to pour out His Holy Spirit upon 120, roughly 120 men and women who were followers of Jesus. And we continue to read in verse 1, they were all together in one place. Verse 2, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and lifted the whole house where they were, uh, and sorry, filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire separate and come to rest on each, each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, that's other languages, as the Spirit enabled them. Wow, so God pours out His Holy Spirit upon them, and this gives birth to the church. Pentecost Sunday today is the birthday of the church. It's the day that God pours out His Spirit upon the church and gave birth to the church. It's, it's the birthday of the church. And there were three supernatural signs that accompanied the giving of the Holy Spirit, the coming of the Holy Spirit. Firstly, they heard a wind-like sound. Secondly, they saw a fire-like vision. And thirdly, they spoke in different languages. And Wind and fire in the Old Testament always symbolized the very presence of God. The Holy Spirit is the very presence of God with us. When we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive the very presence of God in our life. Wind, and of course wind is just moving air. The very air that we breathe, the very air that gives us life. And wind is very powerful. Wind will blow over trees, it will blow off roofs. So wind is life-giving and it's powerful. And so, within the Old Testament, the wind was a symbol for the life-giving presence of God. That vitality and power of God that brings new life, that renews us and transforms us. And they transformed the early disciples. Just remember how the early disciples, they were hiding behind locked doors because they were afraid. They, they, were, they were puzzled. They were unsure of themselves. Later on, they were just looking aimlessly into the sky. But all of a sudden, this small group of largely uneducated men and women suddenly became a force to be reckoned with across the whole known world. And they weren't afraid anymore. Suddenly they were standing boldly in front of the very people who had sentenced Jesus to death and they were boldly testifying about the good news of Jesus. What caused the change? What caused that transformation? It was nothing other than the fact that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with that life-giving power and vitality of the Holy Spirit. And so often we are afraid. And so often we feel weak. And so often we, we, we struggle to overcome bad habits in our life. And so often we don't share the good news about Jesus the way we should. We all need the Holy Spirit afresh. Do you need that life-giving presence of God in your life? 
fire. Fire was used to purify metals. And therefore, within the Old Testament, fire became a symbol for the purifying presence of God that cleanses us and renews us. You see, when we come before God and we ask God to forgive us, it's the Holy Spirit that purifies us and cleanses us of that selfishness and all that guilt so that we can be renewed, so that we can know that we are forgiven, forgiven, so that we can experience forgiveness and that we can know God's love for us personally and experientially. Do you need that purifying presence of God in your life? And then thirdly, languages, foreign languages. They, when they received the Holy Spirit, they were suddenly able to speak foreign languages that they hadn't even learned. Now that doesn't mean that when we get filled with the Holy Spirit, we'll be able to speak French fluently, or Welsh for that matter. What it means was that God was pouring out His Spirit on all people. This was for everyone. It wasn't just for those who could speak Hebrew, or just those who could speak Aramaic or Greek. This is for everyone. It's open for everyone. And so this was a symbol of the unifying presence of God. See, in the, in the Old Testament, God only poured His Spirit upon Israel's kings, prophets, and priests. But now God's pouring His Spirit upon all people. And this was in fulfillment of what God promised to do through the prophet Joel, as we read in verses 16 and 18. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days. Now, the last days are the days between Jesus' ascension and Jesus' return. So we are living in the last days. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. This is for everyone. So the, the ability to speak these foreign languages was a sign of God's unifying presence. And this was for everyone. See, within the Holy Spirit, there was a new unity that transcends racial and national and linguistic barriers. This was for everyone. For, for men and women, old and young, for the servants, for everyone. It doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter what nationality you are. It doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter what gender you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what social class you are. The only thing that matters, have you put your faith and your trust in Jesus? And as it says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 21, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What does it mean to call on the name of the Lord? It means to call out to Jesus and ask for forgiveness. It means to put your trust and your faith in Jesus. What does it mean to be saved? It means to receive the Holy Spirit, the very presence of God in your life. That life-giving presence. That purifying presence. That unifying presence in your life. That's what it means to be saved. A question. What makes a church a church? You know, what constitutes us as a church? 
So when Abergavenny Baptist Church started, what constituted us being a church? Was it our name? Abergavenny Baptist Church? Is it because we meet on a Sunday and sing Christian songs and read the Bible? Is it because we meet in a building that's got a certain architecture and we have an organ? No, of course not. We could do without all of those things and still be the church. The only thing that constitutes a church is the Holy Spirit. In order to be a church, for a church to be a church, you need one, a group of people. Two, who have put their faith in Jesus. And three, have received the Holy Spirit. For it's the Holy Spirit that constitutes the church. Without the Holy Spirit, we're not a church. Without the Holy Spirit, we are just another organization, another social club, another charity. Because it's the Holy Spirit that connects us to Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit that makes Jesus present in our life. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us new life. That, that, that new vitality and, and power. It's the Holy Spirit that purifies us from all our selfishness and our guilt. And it's the Holy Spirit that unites us. Although we are so diverse, we have different nationalities, different languages, different personality types. It's the Holy Spirit that unites us as the body of Jesus. Are we a church filled with the Holy Spirit? Have you experienced the presence of God in your life? Are you experiencing new life, being renewed and transformed by the life-giving presence of God? Are you experiencing forgiveness through the purifying presence of God? Are you welcoming of all people through the unifying presence of God? Do we need the Holy Spirit to fill us afresh? Well, I think we all need the Holy Spirit to continually fill in us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for Pentecost, the birth of the church. We want to thank you so much that you can be personally present in our life by your Holy Spirit. That we can know you and, and talk to you and experience you. That we can experience forgiveness. That we can experience new life and vitality, new dreams and visions. That we can be unified with you and unified with others. So, Father, we thank you for that. But, Father, we do pray that you would fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. That we might know you personally and experientially. That we wouldn't just know about you, but we would actually know you. We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk